is right, three, uh, two, two, three, two, one. This is episode two. Um, today we're talking about Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, uh, which when he originally wrote it, it was just called To Myself, and it was sort of bastardized. Um, this is Andy. And this is Tom. And we're the Books Brothers. Um, wow, the energy so far is dead. <laughs> it's too self-aware. There was there was so much unbridled horniness before. It's really weird. Both days. Okay, you got to stop eating. Are you eating? Episode one of the podcast. Shut up. Episode one of the Dude, podcast. we can't I, have eating. I was sweaty and I had moved a bunch of stuff. Episode two. I just got back from moving a bunch of stuff. So right, wait, wait, wait. Are you I'm eating? Or do you have like a? And I'm drinking sake. But do you have like a full bowl of risotto next to you? Uh, no, I consumed the risotto. I'm now eating a uh, uh, Twilight Delight uh, Clementine. All right, we're gonna we're gonna like pause until you're finished because it's so disgusting. I can you just hear cut it. it out. I can. <laughs> the podcast is over now. Pretend it's not happening. How much is left? It's gone. Okay, I, I don't want to hear that shit again. Okay. Well, I couldn't possibly happen because it's gone. Did you All hear right. me? Yep. Are you soft? I'm hard as hell right now. Um, so let's talk about you. How about you intro the book? You're better at, I think, the sort of clerical bullshit. Um, okay. Yeah, the unimportant stuff. This book. Yeah, Andrew already said it. The title is Meditations, but it is essentially Marcus Aurelius. He's a Roman emperor. Uh, uh, what is What was his reign? Uh, 161 to 180 AD, uh, the Roman Empire. He was the emperor, uh, was an orphaned man, sort of like was adopted by uh, his father, uh, who was the for- former emperor to him. And so during his life, he was a very, every, you know, upper-class person was philosophical back then because they received classical training in it but yeah so it was he, part of the the roman uh patriarchy as all yeah, the so emperors kind of were yeah they were all taught um you know just various greek classic philosophy even though they were romans so his but, but he had a private teacher who taught him uh stoicism well not stoicism so much as rhetoric he was uh, Wait a he, he he was sort of classically trained most in rhetoric. He was a great because of his job. He had to win arguments, and so like if they were arguing like why are we sending uh, you know town keep or you know like why do we need to send troops into that town? His whole job is is just making a good argument for it. Oh, so okay, goes, so my oh, book yeah. excuse me, my book said private tutors in the precepts of stoicism does that mean the lead-ups to stoicism because it says the name of his teacher is rusticis the stoic oh okay so yeah maybe his tutor was a stoic i don't but yeah it's also a little i not ironic it's a coincidence i guess at the age of 25 devoting himself to the studies of rusticis which is oh. oddly enough my age but i first read this book when I don't even know specifically, and I don't know why I started reading it or I picked it up. I'm just interested in Greco-Roman history, probably 
um, mostly just military stuff. I've read a lot of biographies. Well, not a lot. I mean, I've read basically, uh, there's this author called Adrian Goldsworthy from England. He's like a Yale professor, I think. Um, and he writes really good biographies about uh, the Roman, not all the Roman emperors, but I've read one on Caesar, Augustus. Um, I read one called uh, Pax, or Pax Romana, which is about uh, the Roman peace, which is what that means, um, which was the longest period of peace on planet Earth, I, I guess. And mm. it was during... Uh, Marcus Aurelius's reign, which actually I don't think it was. He beckoned in that, which was the height. It was, yeah, around the same time because I remember rereading the forward in my book. It it, it mentions uh, there's not a lot of historical record about that period because uh, history is the is just re- recordings of human errors and foibles. It's not whenever things are good, we really don't have a lot of stuff. So, like, apparently yeah. there was a big bl- blank spot in a lot of and, his history. I mean, what um, informs, what, may, what makes me know that he wasn't reigning during the Pax Romana. It was started by Augustus, mm-hmm. and then I think Marcus Aurelius, his reign, like you said, was really good up until it was beset by like a lot of natural disasters and wars, um, which is kind of yeah. the backdrop of him writing this book is him fucking having to leave Rome and deal with a bunch of uh, tribes, warring tribes in, in central and eastern Germany, um, and then eventually a usurper in Asia. And then he had to deal with a bunch of floods and plagues uh, in the western part but yeah it's it's kind of i think it's a really good um it, it it elevates the books um i don't know importance i guess or profundity knowing knowing obviously who's doing it is a guy who's in charge of an emperor an empire like a brutally violent and imperialistic empire um, which is also in the midst of a lot of turmoil. And he's sort of in his tent. He's in his military tent in between battles, writing the shit down to himself. Um, sort of like an like emo. A scared little bitch. Yeah, like a little emo. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so this, yeah, I think we mentioned how we, the first tract of the sort of books we've been covering sort of have this like incel vibe and it gets <laughs> yeah. because that and 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 almost we'll get into it a little later or maybe get into now i don't know but so this this book isn't pure stoicism it it's he's taking from uh, uh picatus and zeno and chrysippus or something like that and those are the actual stoic writers and and but he's also sort of drawing from plato and so it's kind of a hodgepodge of philosophy but the bedrock of it is that marcus is a very uh rational rational guy like he has sort of no connection or ability to deal with his feelings other than to suffocate them well i don't Um, think he's repressing anything i think he is 
Okay, we'll get to that. That's kind of in a the deeper part okay. of it. But I want to get into just, you know, covering what stoicism is in relation to this book. Um, in the foreword to mine, I really liked what they talk about. Um, they say Plato and Aristotle in their works, highest realities are spiritual. And for Marcus Aurelius, the highest... Um, the highest... Uh, fuck, I had this yeah. written down. <laughs> yeah, bitch. It's, yeah, it sounds like you're giving like a fucking I know, lecture here. I know, I know. Let's talk off the cuff here, baby. No speech. Differs from me to, Wait, are I'm you trying to explain basic stoicism? Okay, so... What are you and doing? I think this, there's some lineage here, not I don't know, lineage, but uh, linearity between uh, this and Thousand Faces, which is so spiritual. And yes, this book is spiritual, but that what I meant to say is that in, you know, okay, I'll just reiterate because I fucked it all up. <laughs> just Plato, cut this part out. Plato, cut it out. Plato and Aristotle, the highest realities are spiritual. For Aurelius, the essence of reality is material. Okay. Well, what makes you say that? Uh, it's in the book. <laughs> I don't know. So pure stoicism, just so we can I like. Know, I wasn't it. defining pure stoicism. I was defining Aurelius's. That's why I said whatever. Go on. Right. I don't know what they said in your book, but the way that, that I don't know. It's, it's the thrift really... edition, so I don't know. Could, yeah, could be a thrift. total fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> fucking hobo. <laughs> but the basics of stoicism. Uh, is is a is a philosophy about the logos which is just a word that means uh rational thinking and the logos is at the core of all matter in the universe it's just in everything i think they say it travels through uh pneuma is how it's sort of like cast like a spell but it's basically that the whole universe and everything in it is ruled by logic and it's rational so the religion, in a sense, is to trust in your rational mind and to use that to guide you through your life. Um, right, and, and it's, so it lacks. Well, I think it where sorry. it deviates. Um, well, the most important part of it for me is the essence of that life is not necessarily to be happy, but to be wise and just. Right. Uh, yeah, that's sort of where it div- get is a little different from Epicureanism, which uh, we don't want to. We don't like want to get in. We don't want to get into the Stoicism. Like this is where it's gonna start. We're gonna start talking as like this is Oxford Union or whatever, you know. Like I mean, well, I'm this, trying to give as you know. This is a you know. I feel like a lot of people are not gonna know what we're talking about because this book is a little you know. It's super super old. Doesn't matter. So is the Bible. People read that. <laughs> right uh, yeah okay so we kind of described stoicism so basically this book is not really you know it's not a treatise it's not like self-aware like we said it's just a guy a lonely weirdo in his military his and the emperor's tent writing in his diary almost it's sort of like a a nerd in middle school writing in the back of the class like it'll be all right you can do it well if you think about it he was like a super rich i mean obviously ultimate power so like he probably felt 
like any other dumb celebrity nowadays, like super isolated and couldn't trust anybody. And he, Commodus, his son, uh, was just like an asshole. He's just like a bad son. So he, he, yeah, he just like felt alone. So he had to like write and like talk to himself. He was, yeah, he sort of was very selfish in that respect. Well, the loneliness part of it's super important, actually. It's good that it's good you bring that it's good you bring that up because, you know, he's talking basically as the person. And this is what I learned. And I don't know who I learned it from. in like songwriting is that you write as the person you want to be and not necessarily the person you are. And he is someone who is so isolated by his power. And the stress of that is just causing him to be antisocial. But one of the main principles of his meditations or whatever, all these little ideas is that man's constitution is based in the social as a social being. Well, that's yeah, that's what he's always sort of like um, trying to convince himself of. But I, I get the sense of reading it like he is like sort of he's like an incel guy who 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 tells himself that because obviously he's an emperor like he's not living in a basement so like he is interacting with people so he wants to get along but like ultimately his stoicism or his like overly rational mind causes him to just sort of deconstruct and like wilt reality into this like um depressing Depressing. melancholic yeah which a lot of people what they say about this uh meditations is as you read it you get this like like seasick like melancholy just because he's Actually, I think I, one of my quotes is a good example. Uh, I'll say while you find that. I think that's fair um, be, to say, because obviously, you know, people to him are just pawns, right? At the end of the day, you know, he has to put people into situations where they're going to die as any, you know, military commander, you know, and that does, that does something to a bitch, you know? This is where we get the young audience. We say shit like that. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Like, oh my God, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, this one's pretty depressing. So this awesome. is uh, book two, uh, passage 11. You could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. If the gods exist, then to abandon human beings is not frightening. The gods would never subject you to harm. And if they don't exist or don't care about what happens to us, what would of living in a world without gods or providence but they do exist they do harm they do care what happens to us and everything a person needs to avoid real harm they have placed within them if there were anything harmful on the other side of death they would have made sure that the ability to avoid it was within us if it doesn't harm your character how can it harm your life wow. uh, was, yep. yeah so i'll stop it there i'll stop it short that was a really that, stoic delivery that was really boring <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> But but that also I can't find it. But it's the quote where he's um, and also later he starts picking apart music as just uh, notes, like it's just sort of like these yeah. sounds. He does sound uh, super depressed. Yeah, and the one where he he describes sex as just a spasm and then a cloud. Yeah, of spasmatic. Sperm. That's like a creepy way. I don't know. That really creeped me out when I read it. Yeah. No, it really like it's just a really scientific way. It's like. <laughs> Well, it's just a way where if you, and it, probably his failure is that if you over-rationalize your living, it, it it destroys the sort of quality to it. And that's probably where stoicism mm. isn't, while it is a very great functional philosophy for soldiers and military 
people that it it has sort of like a spiritual flaw and it's sort of like it's not holistic it's not a holistic it's definitely not a it's not i mean what i was thinking when i was re sort of treading or revisiting it earlier it's for people that are unhealthy to get to a solid state of being healthy because the shit that he talks about as to you know basically ruining your life um, someone who's unhealthy is is doing one of those things right you know like trappings of the flesh the spasmatic thing or um <laughs> you know food or blah 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 you know blah 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 and it's a good i feel like it's a good tonic for someone who is like essentially mentally ill to get back on a on a steady line and that's kind of where i picked the book up initially like two years ago i was super depressed and like lonely and i think it just got me on a good baseline again you know Hmm. um you have any it's, quotes that sort of like embody it's definitely sort of positive element? Well, that's what I mean. It's not. It's not something where you're gonna leave it going. Yippee doo da, zippity day. Look, it's you well. Know. There is some quotes. Remember the ones where he's talking about. Um, it's like I'm gonna retain all my cum, <laughs> and that's just like the. Uh, I I I didn't. I should have looked up quotes, but I've definitely underlined something. Well, there's one about, um, I wish I had it, but it's one where he is uh, comparing a human being to a bee, and he just says how a bee gets up, and it and it works on the hive. It doesn't complain. It doesn't wallow. Also, I, wait, I think I have a really good one that is, like, very positive. Yeah, it turns, it turns, it's, it's, this is a way to turn the soul basically into a castle. You know, castles aren't really the most comfortable place to live, but they are uh, resilient, you know, obviously. Um, oh, here's a good one. Don't let the imagination be crushed by life. Don't let your imagination be crushed by life as a whole. Don't try to picture everything bad that could possibly happen. Stick with the situation in hand and ask, why is this so unbearable? Why can't I endure it? You'll be embarrassed to answer. Then remind yourself that past and future have no power over you, only the present, and even that can be minimized. Just mark off its limits. And if your mind tries to claim that it can't hold out against that, well, then heap shame upon it. So it's like a very just like practical way to stay in the moment and like stay in your political uh, war meeting without like having a existential uh, yeah. meltdown. Well, it's also about, you know. But I feel like it's a temper. It's like a cork. It's like corking an ocean. Like it's yeah. he's not dealing with these things. He's just like it's bottling corking. them up. That's what I mean. It, it's it's I think I wrote this down. It, it acts more as a, it can be, you know, almost self-help in a sense. It's a little more spiritual than that, but it's just about um, kind of weathering. I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, it reminds me of a lot of Hamlet because uh, I, I, he has another quote about how just uh, as soon as he dies, he will like a thousand years will pass in the blink of an eye and he'll be dust and he'll be the same as the peasant next to him, which is like a quote from Hamlet where he's like the Juliet Caesar's ashes are in the cork of this bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. Um, So he sort of like follows that same trend of like deconstructing reality with a very rational young man's mind 
but then that leading you to sort of this like abyss, which is why it's like incelly. And then his way of reconstructing it is kind of to just say, well, I care about order and justice. I don't know why, but I do. And so I will make sure all my actions reflect that. It's like kind of, it's kind of boneheaded to me. Yeah, I, I don't We you know we talked about the Fight Club paradigm. Um, in terms of, you know, this is a more meta thing about the pod, like picking particular books. We want to be careful not to, you know, make it too duty and like, you know, just essentially it's that's the Fight Club paradigm. You know, all those books. I haven't read Infinite Jest, but I feel like if we did oh, like, if we did Infinite Jest, that would be the no. end. That would be the ultimate. I never want to read that yeah, book. Yeah, same. Uh, like, I don't not know. Not interested. Uh, yeah, so it's sort of a, we're in that, it's like the rehabilitation of an incel or something, I feel like a little bit, but, um, this podcast, it could, it could go down that road probably. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, let's help them out. And I think people, I mean, I have <laughs> certain, uh, <laughs> incelic tendencies. Well, I did recently for the first time, I think. Well, that's the thing. And I would, I think no one's maybe defined it this way, but an incel is not a new phenomenon. It's simply a, and it happens to be young boys a lot, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a young girl. It's just these people who... Young boys? Who, I, young men. Young men, yeah. Okay. But like 13 to 24, um, who are just overly rational and they have no sort of uh, emotional bedrock or awareness of the sort of like uh, universe of emotions that are happening around them. And they just sort of narrow down their vision of reality to just yeah. what my little brain is thinking and about. The, and, and an emotional universe is only like orgasm or negative. Right, yeah. It's only orgasm or emotions are negative, which is... Yeah, so if your worldview is that big, you're going to get bored and depressed really you mean, quick. You mean that narrow? What did I say? That big. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, that narrow, yeah. That shit rocks. It's the best way to approach everything. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it is like Marcus Aurelius is sort of like the incel is an archetype and Marcus Aurelius was just walking in its footsteps back in 160 AD. You know, like it was. Well, I don't I'm going to take the stance of, you know, a little more positive view of him, you know, of. Yeah, he okay. was a good emperor, as good as emperors uh, yeah. can be. This is me. Not, I'm not criticizing his anything he did physically on this earth i'm not criticizing what i'm critiquing and, and i'm not even critiquing stoicism because you can't really look at this book as a stoic true stoic document i would i would just critiquing his internal life are you banging like, your tail are you banging your table oh yeah let me stop touching jesus christ i'm just critiquing <laughs> yeah so i'm just critiquing his internal life not his external, not what he, you know, he probably treated people nicely and whatever. Well, this seems to be, in my point, and what I'm saying is that this book seems to be someone who's aware. You know, obviously he's having feelings that are guiding the the writing of these ideas. You know, he's he's sort of backing himself off. Like, how many treatises, how many little essays are there? Like, two thousand in this. He's sort of yeah, like back. He's just backing himself off every ledge that he comes to with rational thought, which leads into what you were saying earlier was kind of hinting at it, but we talked about in Thousand Faces how the word boon is kind of, and maybe we should do this for every book, but like 
the word boon is the most used noun in that book or whatever kind of you know whatever weird, kind of fucking word that is whatever kind of fucking thing that is um <laughs> and that you know that means and i don't know if we explained it in that but i guess we will now um that's the gift of uh transcendence or the gift from the struggle which is like the gift of the subconscious adventure or something anyway <laughs> wait what did you say i totally uh, spaced out yeah it's probably what you should have been doing um in this book it's daemon which is pronounced demon i actually mm, interesting. um so the de- the demon is I'm going to pronounce it demon because that's what I remember looking it up best. But uh, Yeah, no, that's just a primitive spelling of demon. Yeah, so demon is a word that I should have looked up the exact definition so I wouldn't have to bullshit it. But that's, it's basically the, um, I think I... Well, it's a, it's a spiritual character that'll possess an individual. Um... It's basically the soul, but it is the mm. um, the oh, rational. Yeah. It's the rational guiding uh, center of a person. It's the leading. It's sort of the lodestar of an individual, and that lodestar is different for each person, because he talks about a lot in this book. Essentially, do what you're good at, because it's you're you are in line with nature. As everything else he says in the book, is is to the effect of. Are you in line with nature? Get back in line because that's all we are. We're we're just a part of a a, a pantheon of a material that together makes up the entirety of the universe. <laughs> okay, and it's sort of like I always ponder like why. I was trying to do a Woody Allen there, but it oh, just came off as like sometimes it just goes into like John Travolta. I think. <laughs> Yeah, people. If it gets so bad, but I've been watching that movie, the Trip series with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, Mm. and they just do impressions that whole movie. And their Woody Allen is so funny, but I don't mean to derail. Oh, I have, I have the word. Uh, It's the divine spirit of reason and consciousness. Hmm. So basically, the idea is that, like I said, we're part of, in the same way that Zen Buddhism talks about. And it's just true of matter and energy that we're a part of it. We're not separate from it. Um, But we do hold a unique power, which is reason. And reason is a mirror to the universe. And our bodies take us off the path of reason, which is the understanding of what is the natural path. Well, it's interesting how reason can also take us off the natural path. Like it can lead us astray. And well, that's why it's us... a mirror. Oh, wait. Say say more. <laughs> I feel like I'm so brain dead right now. I'm like really losing my thoughts a lot. <laughs> but, okay, reason. Okay, so we're a part of a natural world. We're not separate from it. So Copy. we should live our lives in the sense of just being in that slipstream, being in that, you know, flowing with the, going with the flow. Um, But we do hold a unique power, like I said, which is reason, which is a mirror to the universe, which is the universe viewing itself almost. 
Sure. Yeah. I, I, it's okay. It's honestly, I didn't think of this idea before I'm coming up with it now <laughs> and I don't have the wherewithal to, uh, explain. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds like self-awareness, the tool of self-awareness. Yeah. Is like a being capable of being aware of himself or herself. Right. Nothing else in the universe has reason as far as we know. Right? Yeah. As far as we know. Well, well, Pigs. birds can count. Bees can count. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you hate problems in your perfect logic. Well, it's not. That's not a good. <laughs> birds can count. They're not reasonable. Well, Doesn't mean. Yeah. It, it's 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 okay. So, let's get back on track. Demon, do you have anything to say about that? Um. Wait. What does Marcus Aurelius think like? Demons? Joe Rogan. What? <laughs> Joe Rogan. Oh shit. Uh. No. Yeah. Just keep talking. <laughs> no, do you have anything? Do you have anything to say about this? I can open my window. It's getting so Demon. hot. It's getting hot in here, and we have AC, but I don't know. If you it's see hot. anything? No. Okay. Why don't you put? You might hear a little. Okay. What? No, I was gonna say put a noise gate. No. You might hear a little bird chirping. You want to do a, a live nice. noise gate? Um. So, do you have anything to say about demon? Yes or no? No, sir. Okay. I don't know why not. It's the most important <laughs> vocabulary well, word in the book. It just sounds like another word for consciousness. Well, no, I mean, it's it's a lodestar. It's not about consciousness. It's about, it's about, mm, mm. I don't know. Well, because I know um, Carl Jung <laughs> uses that word a lot, but he uses it in sort of different contexts. So I'm a little... Uh, well, here's shaking. where I mean I'm that's where that's up, where it gets it, that's where it gets spiritual because we're, we're okay. I can hear the birds. I can hear the birds. Is that nice though? Mm, I don't know. I feel like this podcast sucked, so we got to give them some little sweet treat. It's getting to uh, Joe Rogan, not Joe Rogan, but like a lecture, I guess. Um, well, that's the problem with this book. Is it's like yeah, it's just like pure. Um, <laughs> philosophy, like there's yeah, not a lot. It's not to, a lot to chew on. Well, there's a lot to there's chew a lot on. To it's chew just, on. Yeah, it's just it's all like philosophy, like rhetoric. Because Marcus Aurelius is just like a pure like rhetoric it's guy. It's a rhetorical like he, book. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of uh, okay. Else so going on. I'll try to say this succinctly or make it make sense. The demon, like I said, you know what. I think you were talking about demons for half an hour. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Uh, I don't know. Um, reason is unique power, and reason is synonymous with the demon. It's the spirit of reason and consciousness. Okay. Why? But, okay. But it's divine, so sure, it's separate from nature. Right. Well, yeah, that's sort of probably that's, like that's what he's saying. Idea. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So he almost has a. Yeah, his view of life, we have to understand, is still heavily, uh, like the passage I read a moment ago, he still believes in a sort of literal God. In a way, I think his... There's a very mystical... Maybe uh, it's the way it's translated, but the way that he talks about gods just feels like the way Obama talks about God, where he's just doing it to sort of like punch in with, with the religious populace. Well, but he's not, no one's reading this. This is just for Marcus. 
Yeah, I don't and know. He's writing I, passages, literally saying to himself, "But Marcus, the gods do exist. They do care about." I, I don't us. know. I wasn't left with the impression that he really believed in gods because he does. Okay. Well, I think if he just sees great. them. He just sees them as mischievous weirdos who fuck up fate and stuff like that. I don't think he sees them as the natural world, which is what I think he's just mainly concerned with. You know what I mean? They're they're just operators in the scheme in the weave. Yeah, well, that's how gods existed for most people. We sort of have a flawed understanding of religion because of this sort of the way. It, that's like another pod, but like uh, the they didn't they thought of the gods as real, but it wasn't like Poseidon was gonna fucking pop out of the ocean. It was just Poseidon was controlling the chaos of the sea. Yeah, moving the You're not going to like yeah, see yeah. him. Yeah, moving the ponds. That's not the point. Um, okay. That's still the natural world. So the ocean is Poseidon. So I think we should... still the ocean. All right. Um, I think we should move into what 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 the book, you know, does for us, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you want to start or... Because I, I have, you know, I actually found a little bit more shit I underlined a few years ago, but... <laughs> well, read it off. You haven't even read a quote. Well, I feel like you were kind of going over the deep end with that shit, but... Um, with too many quotes? Because then it starts to feel like I'm getting, you know, a dusty librarian is sh- saying to me, and I'm like... I think, I think we can't sex. underestimate our audience wanting these things, and we can't think of them as some <laughs> dumb, you know, beetle okay. brain fucking Yeah, this could be... Bitch. I mean, yeah. It's fun to de. Well, we won't get into that. Let's give them some juice. Let's respect them. Let's give them well, something okay. worthwhile here's, here. Here's something I think is really gonna pop because this goes into you know who I am and what this book did for me. Like I said, I was super depressed when I read it. It didn't bring me to a state of bliss or anything, but it did bring me to a stasis. Uh, it made me think of. Um, this is gonna lead into my quote, but. Thinking about the necessary things I should be thinking about. Mm-hmm. and Clear the clutter. Clear the clutter. You know, get your chips in a row in the, in the sense of understanding what's important. Um, so that's, maybe we should lead off there to talk about like how stoicism has now been uh, bastardized to be this. It's only a method of like uh, becoming a CEO or like. Well, I, well, I did. That's good. Yeah, we should. But uh, yeah, that's sort of like the self-help thing I wanted to talk about, too, which is funny. We yeah. brought that Do up we want last to time. Dovetail that? Well, yeah, let's put that off after we talk about our personal stuff. We'll do personal and then we'll do society. OK, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it did that for me. Um, I s- recently was reading two or three of the. What would you call them that, you know, each numbered thing, like a, a meditation or? Oh, they're called like, a, I forget that. The, uh, yeah. There's a name for them, but we'll they're call like them little epi- epitaphs or like. Ep- yeah, something like that. I'll call them nuggets. Aphorisms. Aphorisms. No, I'll call them nuggets. We'll just call them nuggets. Nugget. Yeah, that's we'll good. We'll call them nugs, nugs for the podcast. Um, and I'm sure that'll catch on in academia once everyone hears this. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I don't need to repeat myself again. Um, I was reading it um, (laughs) recently. I'm doing that again. Reading it recently, uh, when I woke up, I would walk downstairs, get some coffee, 
before I eat, I would read two or three of the nugs and it wouldn't necessarily even affect how I was thinking, but it just, and even now, like I just read the forward to get a, a better understanding to re jog my memory about the background of him. But even when I was reading that and it was sort of explaining the tenants and not the deepest way, but it was still profound to me. It's just real, like, it's just relaxing. It takes the edge off. Mm. Um, so it, it was great to read in the morning and I don't know, maybe just reading in the morning is good in general. Cause it's not something I do a lot, but I want to do it. That's a good thing to mention about this book is you don't have to sit down and read it. You can just like sprinkle it throughout your life. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like when you're walking around and you're on the toilet seat of life, it's kind of a book you should leave on your, you know, the toilet you carry around. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did. And this is, I don't know, seems a little, uh, Mark David Chapman, but I would carry it in my, uh, I would carry it in my uh, big long coat. And would you uh, assassinate with a book like this in your jacket? We'll get to that. Um, like <laughs> I was thinking about that. Now uh, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, and I would just you know have it on the subway. Bill Clinton. And if I didn't, uh, if I forgot to bring a backpack with a, a bigger book I was reading, I just like oh shit, and I remembered I would have it. It's really super folded up now and crinkly, but you know I just pop it on the subway. Um, and like I said, it's for me, it's just relaxing. I just, um, it wipes all the gook off of life, the unnecessary. It, it, it's trying to boil down to the necessary, uh, unnecessary understanding of life. Um, and that links into recently, uh, in terms of like OCD stuff I've been going through, which is sort of like an incel. I won't get too specific with it, but I was thinking about something and, you know, ruminating on it for so long. And and it wasn't because I read the book when this happened recently, but I just was like, do I need to be thinking about this? Like, (laughs) is this really necessary? So that leads into this quote. I, uh, when I was looking at, if I had underlined anything just now, I opened it to this passage. It says accordingly or nug. Um, accordingly, on every occasion, a man should ask himself, is this one of the ne- unnecessary things? Now, a man should take away not only unnecessary acts, but also unnecessary thoughts, so that superfluous acts will not follow after. And, uh, yeah, that's that's just, you know, there's a lot of little nugs in there that are just good guiding lights. You know, the birds are going to be <laughs> really annoying for the noise gate. But whatever. Uh, I don't. I don't want to derail any further. Yeah. What's this? What's this burger do for you? Oh, the book. Well, I sort of. Well, shout out to Ross, my buddy Ross. He um, recommended me to read it. Um, I didn't have that great of a time reading. I just when was of, it? Uh, that was probably uh, two years ago. Two. Yeah, probably two years ago. Yeah, probably same. I don't know. Like that, but yeah, he just recommended it to me. He recommended the I'm reading the which is a pretty good forward, the modern library edition with the forward by Gregory Hayes. Oh, okay, but yeah, I didn't take too much because it was sort of the depressing parts I could not forget in light of the positive parts. But the most positive thing I could say I take away from it was it 
there was this one, I think it's, um, I think it was the passage I read, the one about why is this moment so unendurable, that section, that sort of became like a nice little mantra for me if I was like having a lot of like social anxiety or something. It was like a, it was like an actually like pretty useful thing to tell yourself, like, why is, why is this moment so endurable? Like unendurable? Yeah. Why can I not endure it? Like what is actually so difficult about this moment that it's like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. It was like a very good uh, sort of meditation uh, to put yourself through whenever you were feeling sort of overly anxious. So I thought that was like a a positive takeaway from the book. Well, that's what reminds me of what I was trying to say with the demon thing is it's weird. And I I don't think he uses the word orb, but the, you know, the spirit, the the rational spirit the divine spirit that he talks about that's in your soul is in my mind this impenetrable orb it's obviously ephemeral and it's that's not actually an orb but that's just how i look at it, my <laughs> dumb brain um it's spinning like a 3d model um mm. but it's is it's it shiny? it's 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 impenetrable it's invincible invincible is too flowery but it's unshakable Invincible. as from the outside world. And I picture, you know, sort of this orb and then I picture like rain and fire um, and nothing can ever touch that. And I think that's what he's trying to say. And you, you also have to do a lot of maintenance to make sure that you don't corrupt it. It doesn't become misguided because the orb is surrounded by the body. So that your reason remains pure. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you can almost think of it almost like the, I hate Freud, but like the superego, where it's that voice inside your head that even if you're being mauled by a, a lion, you can like be being mauled by a lion and just be in your, you your little voice in your head can just still be like, oh my God, what a crazy mouth. Wow, yeah, those are pretty sharp teeth. I've never, yeah, never been this close before. Like there's this sort of, divine like never-ending calm voice in the center of our like beings that is kind of strange yeah it's it's you know the body is just a casing around this divine thing (laughs) he calls marcus calls the body at some points a meat sack that's where he's like getting really depressed that's that's what it is and i mean i'm sure he said that because he was he was seeing people's guts be like ripped out through with swords like ancient battles were fucking horrible. He actually uses that as a metaphor. He says, "Have you ever seen a severed head?" Uh, yeah, and I'm he sure. Describes that as a way to like a severed head from he, its body. I'm sure he like how you can get disconnected he, from. He yourself. personally had people crucified. I mean, he was also known for persecuting Christians. Um, I'm sure they kind of liked that though. Um, <laughs> what the Christians being persecuted? Well, they like They're being masochist? crucified. Oh, yeah, that is kind of dope. I mean, that would be totally tight if you were really into Jesus and you legit got crucified. That happens. Yeah, and you're taking it literally. Yeah, that happens in silence, right? They're uh, kind. They get crucified by the Japanese and are put on no. rocks. Oh, those dudes! Yeah, those dudes. Um. Uh, Japanese uh, Christian. I lost track of what I was saying before I brought up meat sack. Oh, yeah. Like everything that we do in life is basically 
food for that for that soul. It's food for the body as well. But a lot of other things, like we talked about, you know, sex. Uh, it's basically just like mortal sins, like gluttony and all that greed. Uh, that's the fast food, and that's what leads. <laughs> that's what leads the. You know, it's pleasurable, but it leads the demon astray. I think it's so badass. Just and that's him. Probably that's a lot of Plato in there because that reminds me. Plato has this huge speech about uh, how even like like there and he's sort of like because Plato was into like hot men, um, and he's saying okay. like even the hottest man, like the only reason we are attracted to this being is not not because of any like sort of intrinsic value because after you come like you're just like yeah well whatever but you can still see something there's still something more there's still something over the horizon and plato says that that is uh that beauty is just sort of a physical visual symbol for what you're describing the soul the sort of like ultimate beautiful reason uh yeah it's sort of the ufo of the natural world i mean that's not a that's not it sounds like a hot take it's not I mean, maybe it doesn't even sound like a hot take, but... You'll see it everywhere. Would, what do you mean? No, just in terms of um, it's unexplainable. It's still unexplained. And, at you know, by that point, we can also still say it is divine, you know? Right. And all we mean by divine is not like some sort of metaphysical thing. It, divine is just it's just a word meaning its place in in the hierarchy of our minds. Like, well, no, in the hierarchy of the of the universe, I mean, well, you could extrapolate it to that. But I think if we're going to talk in a way that's like not too, you know, out there, you can just sort of say, well, it is one of the most amazing things you can think about or one of the most amazing parts of being alive. So you call it divine to just sort it's of place even, it. It's not even at what. You, yes, it's something you can think about. It's not what I mean. Is it's not even something you can think about. It's just something that is true. You know, until we scientifically yeah. understand I'm not saying you can it, fully see around it. But until we find we scientifically, you know, define it or calculate it or whatever, it is still that thing. You know, it's at the absolute peak of the universe peak the tip of the dick jesus christ dude <laughs> the tip of the dick um okay so all right said, well it was a great pod you said that was uh i knew that moment was coming <laughs> whenever i watch a talk show and the guest go does the bit where they're they say something and then the host goes, well, that's our show. And then they go, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then the guest like sits, they like get up a little bit and then sit back down. You know, that's a funny meta joke or whatever, but it's also really true of how they were both feeling about it where they're just like, yeah, I don't really know it. Like it's just not inspired, I guess it's, it's just a signal of Christ. Okay. okay so what, well. but what do we dovetail? Ooh. What do we dovetail before we got into that? Uh, well, the self help, just- the self help thing. Yeah, the practical, positive takeaways. You want to okay? Say state your piece on that. Well, I already said mine. What do you mean? Say it again. Well, it's sort of uh, the book has sort of some passages that can work as these little uh, meditations that you can just sort of run through your mind whenever you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious or just sort of out of your element. There's like a you know there's a handful of crispy bits. Uh, 
that you might like. So, uh, okay, well, that's not, you didn't talk about the self-help thing, but this. Oh, oh, you mean the Lamborghini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's sort of like. I mean the Lamborghini. So what everything me and Andrew have been talking about becomes boiled down and projected onto the world, meaning the the sort of pneuma or like the energy or the daemon <laughs> demon is in a bag of gold or it's in a Lamborghini or it's in a mansion. And so the, the, the guide of stoicism is just a rule book to get you to obtaining those items. And then as soon as you've obtained oh. them, you're done and your oh, life wow. has now been. Well, that's extremely, awesome. that's extremely bad. Yeah. So that's the bad, that's how like, it's like used bad, Badly. It's about it. Okay, so it's about spiritual purity, and people can use this book honestly as like, wake up at four a.m. Mm-hmm. and go jogging, and I'm Old gonna showers. and I'm gonna be yeah, and I'm gonna be CEO and you know dive <laughs> into a pit of gold, and that'll be the best thing. Scrooge McDuck. It's simply just about, and it's almost to a de- depressing degree in terms of. The amount of labor and maintenance you got to do to, you know, it's a, it's a probably the hardest task. <laughs> Understa- what being uh, a CEO? No, <laughs> understatement of like all of human existence. It's kind of like a hard task to like achieve spiritual purity, but um, it's definitely harder than being a CEO, or it's a little more profound. Yeah, I think it's safe to say it's way harder than being a CEO, because being a CEO is. It's just like being like a lion. Like you just have to walk in those footsteps and like run really fast and like rip deer's heads off. If you can do yeah. that, you're a CEO. Okay. Well, Whereas like we don't the need human to get... condition is a little. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of a martial discipline almost. But um, yeah, this book you could actually use as a as a get up and go kind of book, which I think it did for me when I read it initially, but it wasn't. It wasn't about career. It was more just about um, spiritual, like I said, getting on a baseline of health. But so well, where yeah, this, you, where don't this, confuse it with like you can still have ambitions, but it's just like if you are taking this spiritual journey, you have to accept the fact that your ambitions are are changing and they're not like the same thing that they used to be, and. And, and also, if you are fully realizing yourself, you're probably going to realize that, uh, you know, being just whatever you're trying to do uh, by being a CEO, the superficial Instagram dudes, you can tell they're doing it just for the money. And so that's probably the wrong reason to be a CEO. Like you can be aspire to be a CEO, but you have other motivations. I feel, I don't, I feel like we're casting pearls well. and swine here. I, yeah, that's I mean, people know that. I just didn't want to like diss CEOs like entirely. That's not the point. So Um, I feel like people could have misunderstood that. Yeah. So, um, it's not the, it's not the point. Okay. So this could be self-help in a sense, but where self-help falls off and this is where I think of this is just rehabilitation of an incel. But self-help denies the spiritual because it can't be religious. Because when it does that, it becomes cult, and then it becomes a religion. So this is uh, 
just focuses on the functions of spirituality, I think. Mm, what do you mean by that? Um, it's just how the body can be purified um, and can maintain its purity. And I it also and it also you tells give him you, more credit than I do. I think, like, oh, we didn't bring up who this book inspired. It inspired people like Bill Clinton. Okay, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying in the sense you, of it is first guy you quote is like the horniest, like hedonistic <laughs> guy alive. Well, inspired. he did. I mean, he has like a big quote about this book. It, like he would read it every day throughout his presidency to just yeah, obviously help him didn't fucking live remind by him how to be a leader. But yeah, I think. You're giving this book a lot of credit. It's not about leadership, I, though. My hat's off to you for doing that, but it, it, I don't think Wait, it's... Wait, when did you read this? I said two years ago. Okay, so you read it two years ago. Uh, well, I just freshened up. I was I reading mean, I did too, passages. but I actually, you know, like I said, I read a little bit of it recently. I think I've read it two or three times, actually, so maybe I am the uh, actual authority. Well, uh, don't say you're the authority just because you like it. I can understand it, and I just don't like it. Well, I don't necessarily like it. I just... Well, you're giving it... You've given this book the ultimate praise. What? You've given it the highest praise you could possibly give anything. What is that? What did I say? You said that this book provides a blueprint for the functions of the soul and said no more. It provides... It's because I lost my train of thought. Okay. Okay. Or you interrupted well, critique me. It. Start Something about my it brain so right stop. now. Being I, mad at you. I'm off keto and I just ate a critique lot of ice cream. Critique this book now. We talked about the critiques. Well, I did. I think that I was the most it. interesting part of this shit was, <laughs> was when the point that, you know, that section we talked about of what is this really about, it's about a guy who's being pressured and, and battered by the world so much so that he... Uh, is just trying so to as like a Maslow's hierarchy thing, if you if your daily life is an unending high pressure scenario, this book will get you through it. Well, it I mean, people naturally become stoics when they lead those lives and he's just putting it into they words. Have to. Yeah, yeah, he's just putting it into words. And that's sure. how the that's how it works. Yeah, so this is the this is the philosophy of a public servant. Yeah, I mean, that's what all philosophy is in a sense is, you know, just putting words to truth or someone's personal well, yeah, it's truth. it's truth for public servants, though. Uh, so you're distilling it he, down to something so, I don't know, that's so devaluing. Well, because I, I do not value this book as much as you do. I don't think it it has any I, sort of keys to the I don't think about kingdom. it that much, okay? Okay, well, maybe you should, bitch. Maybe I should. You know, you're, shell you're selling Well, it? I'm just saying that's my critique of the book is I don't think this is a book for everyone. I don't think it has like it's not there's no ultimate functions of the soul for every human being contained in this book. I think just for the people like who live a light with, you know, sh you know, shadows of resemblance to Marcus's life of high pressure leadership. Yeah. Well, uh, probably not I mean, a good social life. Here's the thing. We talked about this off pod where. You know, like we just talked about, he's 
you know, works on a crab boat. It's the hardest job in the fucking history of the yeah, world. Yeah, crab, deadliest catch, dude. Should he read he lives on a crab boat, like the universe's crab boat at the time, and you know he's at the highest level you can be at. Obviously, a normal person of today, you know, the most comfortable and safe time in human no, history. No, no, no. Excuse me. Most Excuse comfor- me. You're misunderstanding comfor- me. No, no, no. Let me finish my point. We're I at the most. Hear this we're at the. Shit. <laughs> We're at the safest, most comfortable point in humanity. Obviously, you take the dial and you take it down a lot of notches, and you're like, okay, so that's what I did. Where I'm like, I've got a lot of depression, anxiety, mental woes, and this helps me understand and like, mm, you know, get it down. I'm not saying the book brass tacks useful passages because Marcus is a human being, so some of the things he's going through. Some of the things he is going through, Mr. Smarty, are going to be relatable. <laughs> They're going to be relatable, but I'm just saying Marcus as a philosopher, not that great. It's stoicism. It's 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 not though. We, we cover stoicism. This. It's it's isn't pure stoicism. Okay, but it's a form of it. And th- okay, <laughs> whatever. This is like this black is, wait, coffee. This might even hurt you. Excuse me. This is. This might. This wait, is. Let this me is, say. Uh, this. Hey, this guy is potentially. He's the Joe Rogan of the Roman <laughs> Empire. I'm, I'm gonna say it. Okay, he, that's fair. He doesn't like say this testosterone. Like in terms of the hierarchy of sort of spiritual gurus, to. Uh, rank if you're into yeah, that no it's dude this guy's not he's not that up there yeah man. he's on the fight club he's trajectory he's, yes he's on the fight club trajectory but this i mean i i'm giving a point to you here okay so don't interrupt i better fucking catch it this is you know this is not like the pretty plant philosophy of whoever the fuck this is like black coffee shit mm, that's a great way to say it. it's like and I always say this to people when they ask me if I want cream or sugar. I go, you know, life's not always gonna ha- is always gonna give you cream and sugar, so I always take it black. That's smart. Okay, well, you you won me over. That was a great way to say it. And that's a great way to end it. This has been Andy Books Brother. <laughs> I'm gonna put like in the story. I I'm won. gonna put I'm gonna put like uh, some sort of newscast kind of thing. Um, so we Wait, we, we had one what, thing. Do we cover the, our last section here outlined on our outline sheet? Is that we're supposed to say <laughs> you're not supposed to the, you're not supposed to say that breaking the fourth wall? Um, what are they really saying? Did we say what Marcus is really saying? Well, we did touch on the fact that you mentioned the Commodus thing, and that would have been fun to talk about. Father, yeah, but it is we are reaching an hour. I mean, we could cut what we just talked about a little bit, and you could just go into... Well, I think there were some sections there that they were just going to completely cut. Uh, well, I don't know. Actually, we'll honestly, honestly, I don't have much to say about it other than as I was reading the book, you get this sort of feeling knowing that Commodus, Marcus Aurelius' son, was this sort of shithead who would go on to be like a Nero-esque horrible emperor of Rome. Right. Um, you get the sense reading it that he is really upset about that and he's just sort of taking it out in these like projected ways in this book as his sort of like self therapy um, at why why like 
I can do it. I'm Marcus and I'm so great. Why is my son such a fucking asshole? What is, okay, what is, there was no mention of his son in the book. Yeah, he never mentions him what, by what name. Is, how are you thinking that? Ah, uh, well, I, I don't well, maybe, have the passages. Okay, well, when he starts the book, he gives a shout out <laughs> to Emperor Varus. I believe he's talking Shouts about fathers. Out. Also, he was an orphan. That's another part of Marcus's stories. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, he's an orphan. Well, yeah, I mean, it, for the listeners, that's what they based uh, Gladiator, like Richard Harris's character, and Joaquin Phoenix. You know, they're the same names, but it's totally... They fused Nero and uh, Caligula into Joaquin's character. But I, th- I think Commodus was just, like, purely... Historically, it was just purely incompetent compared to his, like, really competent and really successful father, um, and he and his father also died in a military tent during a campaign. Oh yeah, how um, did Marcus Aurelius die? I don't think I don't think there is you know sort of a well, I don't Do know, you know conspiracy theory, lack of a better phrase, of his son killing him or anything. I mean, it could happen, but wait, wait, are you saying his son killed Marcus? No, but that's what happens in Gladiator, and I just want to clear that up. Uh, I don't think wait, that actually did, uh, is thought to have happened. Yeah, wait. Bill Clinton said Meditations is his favorite book. Oh, fuck. Uh, Talk about... I mean, it's like... Uh, I don't even know. I, was, I always think of Woody Allen as like the most fucked up person ever. Um, and it's just funny. Uh, yeah, that's not... That's. I mean, he's not taking any of it to heart. But, I mean, he's a successful guy, so give him that. Yeah, I mean, he's the president. Was. Um... But I think Wait, so. How did okay, Marcus die in real life? I'm curious. Uh, I don't know specifically. It must have been sickness. Um, but he, he wasn't was 43. He's very young. He wasn't assassinated. No, he's like 60. No, he's 43. Um, he wasn't assassinated. He just died of sickness or fever or something. But I did want to say, and I'll probably just close out with this. Um, he's 58. Sorry. I think you're. You know, you had a much more critical. For sure. Um, view of this because... I don't think this is a great book. Dude, you had a much more critical... Well, we gotta rank it. We're just gonna rank it. I don't know. Just let me say my point. I haven't finished the point. Um, you read a lot more philosophy than I do. You know a lot more about it as a discipline or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I'm kind of coming in at the, at the thing of any, the first thing that I get is going to be cool. And it's not the first philosophy book I've ever read, but um, it was part of, it was read at a formative time for me. But, you know, you have read a number of philosophers and you, you approach it now with a, with a sense of uh, skepticism. For me, it's like, ooh, you know, whoa, magic. It's kind of like this tweet where... You know, I just watched Boss Baby, or it. This is so lame. I'm just like what? saying a tweet. It's like someone who just watched Boss Baby, and then the next movie they watch, they're like, "Man, this is a lot like Boss Baby." <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if that's totally relates to this, but it's just in to relate that to what I'm saying. You know, reading if, this. Yeah. Reading this for movie, me is like. Yeah. If I, this is the only one of the only philosophy books that I've read, I'm gonna be like, "Wow, this is crazy," you know, and and not necessarily have a lot of skepticism to what is I'm being told. But 
I don't know. I don't want to give off the impression that this has, you know, totally driven my life in a different direction. It just helped me at a certain time. And it's Mm -hmm. a nice little, you know, espresso to sip on every now and then. So let's give it, let's, I want to hear your ranking on the thousand percent scale. Okay. So we're doing the thousand percent scale. Um, and it has to be a multiple of five, right? Mm -hmm. I'd give it a, I give it 800%. 800%. Okay, that's lower than I thought you would give it. Okay, yeah, because I, I I guess that's just reveals. I think you're thinking I'm a little more passionate about this than I am. Well, because you literally, you at one point you said this was, say, like, like a full functional, the functions of the soul or whatever you said. Well, he's, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, it's not a fully blossomed thing. It's just kind of like some dude writing shit down every now and then. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's also as a book, it does not evolve. His thoughts do not sort of reach a, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, they don't take a sort of hero's journey. Like the book is sort of very repetitive. Like I said, it's, it's a book you keep on your toilet that, you know, follows you around. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, it, it's think, a, yeah, it is it actually, great I passages. would recommend it as a book and it's a little nerdy. It's a little weird, but like it is kind of a good book to just, you know, be collecting, you know, wrinkles in the bottom of your backpack. It's good to just kind of walk mm-hmm. around with it sometimes. You know what I mean? Or even like on a hiking trip just or something. underline shit. <laughs> like if you're on a hiking trip and you're like, I don't want to read a book. But I want to like have something that you know I'll be sitting down and I'll maybe open up a little nugget and I'll sip it and I'll go well, mm, that was nice no. and I'll put it away because I would it it's a book for hard times and you don't want to use it you don't want to read it on vacation where it's like oh god I'm, well, I'm drinking saying hi- I said hiking because you know maybe you're running into uh, whitewater rapids oh, okay or well I thought you meant like hungry. a you know you're on a leisure trip you're camp you're going camping even on a leisure trip I've been I've plenty of no, it's because you're on a when I would if I would read it on vacation, this is just, you know, conjecture or whatever. Thought experiment. If I was reading conjecture. it, <laughs> you are you, Andrew, you know that reading it on vacation and I'd be like, Trappings of the flesh. that's what just happened. I was reading it to catch up on it a little bit. Oh, I see. You're saying if you're and on then vacation, I went, it would yeah. bum you out. And then I went and got Dairy Queen. And I was like, fuck, I'm like fucking up my life with this shit i'm just sizzling my taste buds i'm just a machine yeah you know i'm just getting this little high that i love this cream high <laughs> i love that cream high. i remember when we were in the car at wendy's and when everyone was really high and we're like we're all like shuffling frosties in our mouths and we're like what did you say you're like we're all in our little cream pods <laughs> or something I remember that. We were just so, sitting in silence, huffing. I remember that so faintly. But yeah, we were just like little cream fiends or something. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing that happens when people are high is they sort of like, they can be very uh, uh, empathetic and like um, present, but then they can also just be sort of like animalistic, like, I don't no, care that, what you're saying. I'm looking yeah. past you at that bag of fries that I really just want to shove down my No, it's dick. it becomes I just described this to someone who I was trying to like get them to stop smoking weed 
Um, and it, it didn't go well. Shouts out. They know who they are. <laughs> They're oh, listening. No. But I be, it's when that shit happens, when people are, I don't, I haven't smoked really habitually since high school um, at all, really. But um, like, I just say I don't smoke now. But uh, when, when people who are stoned get food and I could go into the whole reason, like hangs with people like with weed as the focal point sucks so much, but you know, when people get food, they turn into that scene in I Am Legend where Will Smith, like, turns a corner in a dark room and sees all the vampires, like, mm. huffing. Like, they're, like, sleeping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And their, like, shoulders are, like, shrugging up and down, and they're just, like, la, 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 la. And, like, that's what people get to when they're eating and they're high. And that's what was happening with the, with the you know, blizzards. Your fucking Oreo blizzards. Well, it's like eating, masturbating, watching a movie. Yeah, it's spasmatic. That's I mean, yeah, it's just spasmatic. It's spasmatic. I don't know that word, but it's so gross. It's the it's just just like jizz shooting out of a cock. <laughs> and that's where we'll end it. Well, I guess I should I should rate the book. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta rate it. I don't know what I would give it. Maybe like a six hundred and ninety. Six hundred and ninety. Okay. Yeah. I think this is a good scale. Yeah, because it could just be a it could just be a hundred percent scale, but it yeah, also went under six point nine. What's the diff? But to make it a thousand percent is kind of insane. You know, if you gave a book a thousand percent scale, it's it's kind of oh, nuts. it's like harder to give out a thousand. You mean? It just sounds great. It's it's a more nyam mentality. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll expand on that in the next episode. In the next pod. All right. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm the, I'm the MC. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>